Oop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production. The man joining us today. Yes. Three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year. The NBA's all-time leader. This is incredible. Four-point plays. Yes. The first player in NBA history to have 50 point games with four different franchises and the only second player to have ever score 10,000 career points. Here <laughs> it is. Not starting, but off the bench. Off the bench. Founder of the J Crossovers League, Summer League, Pro-Am League, one of the best to ever do it, to come out of the Pacific Northwest, Seattle's very own, and I like to call Instant Bucket, <laughs> Jamal Crawford, joining us on the Hoop Dreams Podcast. I'm Will Gates. That's my dog, Arthur A.G. Yes, sir, man. Thanks for joining the show, Jay. I really appreciate you doing this, brother. Hey, man, I promise y'all, like, the introduction was crazy, but hearing who it's from, like, two legends that I've absolutely admired and looked up to for the longest is like that's a dream come true man i remember watching hoop dreams after practice it came out what 93 94 94 94 so i was a freshman in high school i was at dorsey high school in la and that's how i remember i knew it was either 93 94 94 95 and i remember us watching it after practice and i remember everybody was moved by it but they left they went home i'm like man y'all don't want to go to the gym after that <laughs> like i'm going to the gym so for me the way it struck home and hit a nerve for me, like I just understood on so many levels and what you guys did was inspiring and inspired this kid as well, being across the country. So I appreciate y'all and thank you for that inspiration. Dude. I tell you, man, you already done answered the first question. The we first two questions, didn't you? Know? So, so yeah, he went right into it. I love it, I love it. Well, listen, man, you know, AJ and I, man, we, we obviously Hoop Dreams is about stories. Right. You grew up in Seattle, Washington. What's your origin story? Take us back to your neighborhood and what was it like? And your brothers and your sisters, were they athletes, man? Give us the Jamal Crawford story. Yeah, you know what's crazy is my mom and dad were never together. Like, I, to this day, I've never seen them stay the same night in the same place. I was either with one or I was with the other. And that's how I got to L.A. I, I was born and raised in Seattle. I played basketball, football, baseball at the same time. I started at eight years wow. old, right? And so uh, I remember playing basketball. I played beforehand. I played ever since I was two years old. My dad played University of Oregon. He actually played with Kevin Love's dad. So i always been around the game. He put the ball in my crib early, and I, I just stayed with it. I went to sleep with my basketball, everything. So I remember playing with my first team. You know, eight years old, the coach was like, hey, everybody two-line layups. Just two-line layups, you know. We're doing two-line layups. I'm going behind the back and doing like reverse jellies. And all the kids are eight looking at me like, man, hold on, what's going on here? Like, and I'm like, man, I don't know. Like it, to me, it was normal. Like it was just like walking, you know, when you walking, you ain't thinking left foot, right? You just walking. And so that's how basketball was for me. It was never like, it just became natural. I played other sports, but my, my dad had me around the game. I had two older sisters, you know, they, they always took me with them everywhere I went. They always tell stories how I was like five, six years old shooting on 10-foot hoops, and their little boyfriend's like, man, how's he doing that? He's like, me, he's only five. I'm shooting on the big hoops. They call them the big boy hoops, as I call them. Um, I just, I was always immersed in the game. Like, I, everything about the game, I could tell you because I studied it. Like, I wanted this so bad. And not to actually, like, just make it and be rich. And all. It was never about money for me. It was right. just love for the game and, and paying homage to those that came before me. And that's why y'all's story resonated with me so much. I'm like, man, here I am, this kid across the country, but this story is me. Like, I saw myself in both of y'all. You know what I mean? Like, I saw the dream, the hoop dreams. I saw Arthur, the, the way you looked in the eye when, it, when Coach was telling a story about Isaiah. You know, well, I saw how your brother, when he talked to you and how he was on you, you know, how you, you listened to that. And Will, you was always soft-spoken, so yeah. I always reminded of myself. But, but Art, the go-getter, the one who had the personality when he got comfortable, <laughs> that was me too. You know what I mean? So I, 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 yeah. I saw both of y'all. And I saw the family dynamics, and it was crazy just, just watching how y'all's family supported y'all dream. My mom never once told me, like, you have to play basketball. You have to. I'd be like, Mom, I'm going to play. Like, all right. Mom, I'm going to do this. All right. She never went and talked to a coach about how I should be wow. playing more. You know what I mean? So I was always that kid. And I was always the kid who had some candy in one hand and basketball in the other. Even people now that tell the stories about me always tell, like, man, you've been dribbling that damn ball since you was 
you know, up and down the street since you was right. five, six years old. So, you know, as far as I took it, they never were surprised. They were just like, that's just Lil Jamal. That's what he does. So that was kind of like my story. Wow. That's hype there. But take us a little bit deeper, though. What was mom and dad like, your brothers and sisters? Because, you know, AG and I, man, you've you seen the movie. We got family. We got brothers and sisters. Were there fights? Yeah. Were there, you know... <laughs> nah, I was the youngest. I, I didn't have an older brother. I was the youngest. And so I was always in the house. Like I said, my mom and my sisters, we all had the same mom and then we all had different dads. And so with that story, like they always looked out for me because I was the youngest and I was a little mm -hmm. brother. So I tag along, but it also allowed me to wander the streets a little bit because mm. I didn't have a man in the house. So at 11, 12 years old, I start coming home at 11 at night if I wanted to. Like I was really, I go to my friend's house for days. Right. I was the man of the house, you know what I mean? So I grew up fast and so I was around older people. One thing I learned about myself is that I really enjoyed talking to older black men, especially like in barbershops. I go sit around the barbershops, just listen to conversation and listen to game and listen to, you know, how to grow up. Cause I didn't have that like permanent father figure. I guess my coach looking back was like the first kind of father figure that was looking out for me, mm -hmm. role model type. You know what I mean? My, my just in-house coach, just boys and girls club coach. You know what I mean? But my, And then when I got 13, my mom was like, all right, I can't do nothing with you. You got to go stay with your dad. <laughs> and that's when I went to Los Angeles. And Pops, that was like going, boy, I felt like I was going to the military. I had chores. I went to church every Sunday. I was picking up dog poop. I, I was disciplined. Like, I was very, very disciplined. So it was like the mm -hmm. contrast of worlds of doing what I wanted to do and now doing what I had to do. You know what I mean? As I grew, I just kind of blended them. Yeah, it was crazy, though, because my dad and his mom were very, mm -hmm. very strict. And my mom and my sisters were very lenient. So I could, you know, they was like, you got to go with your dad. And so I was with him from 13 to 16. And I ran away at 16 and came back to Seattle. But at 16, I was like, I get it now. I'm going to focus on mm -hmm. school. I know what I got to do. And that's when the world kind of opened up for me. Man, I'm, I'm telling y'all stories I ain't never, I tell y'all stories I ain't never talked about. Y'all got the good stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you know, that's how the OGs yeah, do it, exactly. man. We dissect and get the right questions out there, man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what was the difference in Seattle when you was there than when you had to go live with your, with your pops? Was meaning the basketball. Yeah. So with me, basketball, I grew up on the playground. Like, I didn't have all these kids got trainers and stuff. Now, I didn't have no trainer. My trainer was the old dude in the park saying, man, you got to cut to get the ball. Like, you can't just dribble it out here. And when you get the ball, you better make it. You're supposed to show you out here, right? So that's that's how yep. we grew up. That's our era. You know what I mean? And so yep. that's how I learned to play. I was a kid that was advanced from my age. But, you know, I was advanced from my age, but I started playing with the older guys on the playground, older guys on the, on the streets. And they taught me the mm -hmm. game. They taught me how to play the game. And so when I went back with my age, even if I had a little bit of success, I was a kid, I, I would sit on the side for an hour and a half waiting until one of them got tired just so I could fill in and be the 10th guy. You know what I mean? But right. once I scored a couple buckets or I did something positive, it gave me such confidence going back with kids my age. I'm like, man, I don't even see y'all. Like, I've been, I've been with a, my man drinking a 40 in between games. What you talking about? Like, you know, right. you, you know I don't even see y'all no more. So it gave me a whole different confidence. But mm. on, the, on, the, on, a, on a national kind of level, Seattle, nobody knew about it. We're the northwest part of the country. You know what I mean? So you had more people going to, to, mm -hmm. to, like, college for football, actually, like, you know, playing football. Yeah. And so when I saw Jason Terry or Doug Christie, you know, they go to, like, a Arizona or go to these big schools. I'm like, damn, like, that was, right. that was like going to the NBA then. I'm like, they getting going big D1? Going D1 in Seattle was a big thing at that time. If you can go D1, you was legit. You're a legend if you can yeah. go D1 because we just didn't have pros like that. Now, fast forward, I go to L.A. and I'm seeing Shea Cotton for the first time. I'm seeing Baron Davis. I'm, see I'm like, man, what is this? Like, they, you think they created these dudes in a lab or something, right? And, and the, whole, the whole gym knows these are the best players in the country right here in L.A. So now I'm like, okay, that's how the national scale kind of work. Now these guys, they ain't just local. They, everybody know about them. Okay, so I'm watching them, studying them, playing against them. And so when I came back, from L.A. at 16, I started to take off there on AAU circuit because I hadn't played freshman and sophomore in, in high school because I was ineligible. Running with the wrong crowd down there, too. Even though I was with my dad, am I still ditching class mm -hmm. and doing that, right? I was you, right. I was you. I, mean, I remember the grades and how you was doing it. Hey, got yeah. Out of school, but, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I'm ditching class and everything, right? And so I finally run away, get back to, to Seattle. I'm like, all right, look, 
you got talent, but you got to buckle down the grades if you really want to do something. So that's when the light bulb went off. I was like, okay, I'm going to take what I learned down. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. I'm in LA, but I'm going to bring it back to Seattle. And I played against mm. Baron Davis and all that, and I meshed the two worlds. And so when I got back to Seattle at 16, it's such a small, uh, it's not like the big city. It's not shy in New York or L.A. And so the Sonics was here. So mm-hmm. I start. I, I called it my mixtape circuit when I came back. Because I was little Jamal when I left. I was like 5'8". I came back at 6'4". They're like, that's the same Jamal. Like, you Damn. know what I mean? So, yeah, this is before social media and all that, right? So when I come back, yeah. my name take off fast, and it reached the Sonics. And that's when I started getting in the gym with Gary Payton and, and Eric Snow and Nate McMillan and Detlef Shrimp. And I'm balling Damn. against them. So now they like, okay, I was blessed in that way because now I got these pros cuffing me, kind of showing me the way, like, we're going to make sure you make it. And so I just, right. Doug Christie be like, all right, you know what? We're going to work out together. I'm going to be at the gym at 7. I would be outside at 6.30 waiting on them. I'm like, I don't want your phone number. I don't want a dollar from you. Just show me the knowledge. Give me the knowledge so I can get it myself. And, they, and to, their, to their credit, they all gave me that knowledge. And they saw I was serious about it. And Doug Christie's working out like 45 minutes away. So I had to, and I'm 16, so I got to I gotta ride a car dirty with no license, no license play. I got to catch a bus. Whatever I got to do, I got to be there to beat this man to the gym so he know I'm serious mm-hmm. to give me his knowledge. It's like the sensei and the student, right? I'm learning from him. And that right. just, they fast-tracked me, man. I just, that was it. That's how it took off. Wow. Man. Explain that passion, though, because you, you, you go live with your dad. Yeah. You come back. What was the transition? Did you go back to live with your yep. mom? Did you have to get yourself back so, in school? So, yeah, that's a good and, point. And then- mm-hmm. That's a good point. My, my dad, me and my dad bumped heads, to be honest with you, because he chased that dream that I was chasing, but he didn't make it to the league. And mm-hmm. so it broke his heart. And when I'm a kid, I'm like, why are you trying to steer me away from something you did and something I love to do? I didn't understand mm-hmm. as a kid that he's saying, no, nah, man, the chances of you making it are slim. I'm trying to show you there's more to life than basketball. I see how much you mm. love it. I don't want you to go through the same pain I went through. At 16, you know, 12, 13, 14, I'm not trying to hear it. I'm like, why are you yeah. not supporting my dream, right? right? And so we had bump heads. So finally, I saw what he was saying. There is more life than basketball. But for me, it wasn't all eggs in one basket. I mean, all eggs in the other basket. It was all eggs in one basket. Like, I'm like, right. I'm making this happen. God yep. got me. I'm going to work at it. I don't care if I'm by myself in the rain. There's somebody, y'all show me what Chicago look like. So I'm like, there's people in Chicago working right now. There's people in New York working right now. There's somebody in Idaho working right now. And that fear pushed me. And Seattle rains a lot. Everybody said, man, how you dribble so good? Man, I've been dribbling in the rain the whole time. I ain't doing no cone drills. Like, I'm in the rain (laughs) trying to guide the ball. Like, so that's why. (laughs) Or like that one. I'm telling you, though, that's how I'm like, that's how I learned to dribble. Because in the rain and snow, I wasn't going inside. I was outside. They knew where to find me. I was outside. Basketball was and is my everything. My one carry-on was the ball. I slept with the ball in the bed. I be I take the ball to the mall with me to the movie theater. You know what I mean? This ain't nothing new for me. So he was scared of that part. And as a father, I understand it. As a parent, I was like, no, God already told me this is going to happen. I just got to follow the path yep. and stay in love with this. And this is going to happen. I've already seen it. I'm telling you, I see it. He started believing like 16, like, damn, you are going to make it. Like, okay, you're going to make it. But <laughs> it wasn't like that, right? It wasn't. That's not how it was. That's not how it went down. So the transition was my older sister. Remember, I said I'm the youngest. She got mm-hmm. me a plane ticket. So the month I knew I was running back away from L.A., every clothes outfit I wore, I would start putting in the suitcase, buried in the backyard, and throw it in the thing one at a time until <laughs> it built up. And the clothes I didn't wear, the clothes I didn't wear, I just kept in the closet. I knew I wasn't wearing them. They looked like all his clothes still with no, no, you know, didn't tip them. And so that day came, you know, this was paper tickets back then. So I had the ticket a month before. It wasn't like electronic tickets. Right. And so when I got back, my sister took me, and my mom wasn't really that excited that I ran away. You know, she's like, mm-hmm. I, this was the best thing for you down here. Why'd you do that? But I'm back now. They knew at 16, they wouldn't get me back on a plane. So right. um, they took me to school. I was like, mom, I'm different now. I matured. I got it. I'm telling you. It took me to school, got me going. I went back and moved in my apartment with, uh, I mean, the apartment with my mom and my grandma. Mm-hmm. And my sisters were older at the time. So they had their own places and, and that was it. Man. 
Yeah. That is man, I, I ain't thought I ain't had some of these thoughts in 15 years, y'all asked me. These, that, these are great questions. For real. That is dope, man. That is because yeah, you know, a lot of people, they only know of you from what people write. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's why right. we 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 kind of channel our show uh, of telling your story. Like we want to know the stuff that that don't nobody else know. So you yeah, know what I'm saying? For, tick. Yeah. yeah. So so it would make you. So so we give it. So we giving you them questions like that would make you go into you know back into that brain of yours, and you'll tell us, yeah, mom just tripping like, yo, she she thought this was a bad idea, but yeah. that was that was so good, man, that you got there. And you understood it at 16, and you was like, no, I didn't see this. I'm going to make this shit happen by any means necessary. That was it, because at 16, I always say, like, in even in every game, there's a moment of truth, mm-hmm. right? And that's when the game becomes closest, the meat and potatoes. This shit can go left or right. Yep. At, this is the moment. It's about to do one or the other. And when I came back at 16, I'm like, okay, this is the moment of truth. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it right now. Like, I learned all I need to learn. My game is taking off. I believe I can do it. I'm going to buckle down in school. All right, this is it. If I'm going to do something, this is it. And that was the moment of truth for me. Where, where, did, where did that passion come from, though? I mean, again, I know I know there were different elements, but, yeah. you know, I, I think, like for me, the passion came because my brother started and yeah. and, and I saw it and I, yeah. I was like, man, I want that. You know, AG saw Zeke. He wanted that. Yep. You know, where did that, where did that drive come from? You know what my dad says? He always says that drive for me came from within. He was like, man, mm. you just always, he said, he said, I remember, and he never told me some of these stories. That's why I like talking to him now, because some of these stories he kept inside, he didn't talk about. Mm. He said, I remember when you were, you know, seven, eight years old, and you would do something at a game, and I would never tell you. He said, but parents would look like, damn. Like, he's like, I would look at him like, damn, he got something to him. He said, you've always had that passion. He's always had that path. I'm gonna tell y'all something I ain't never told nobody. I'm about to give it to you fresh. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the bubble, right? This is I'm fast forward a little bit, but it's gonna all go full circle. Mm-hmm. I'm in the bubble last year playing with the Nets, and in the bubble we had to quarantine for seven days. Mm-hmm. So here we are. I'm in the bubble, and I say, uh, you know, I'm bored. It's like you in jail. You like, man, I, I can't go out the room. It's a little room. I got seven days. So I, I text Michael Jordan. I say. What did you see in me? Why did you say, you know, you admit toward me and cuff me and, you know, why? Like Michael Jordan, you got a million people that want to, you know, be in that position. He said, your love for the game I knew from the beginning. He was like, that's so rare, especially in this era. He was like, your passion will always push you. And it will always, that, that love for the game, you can't duplicate. That love for the game, you can't fake. That love for the game, you can't. I mean, now, even now, I play every other day and, it's, and, and still play all the time, my pro and whatever, I'm 41. It's the passion. I don't get nothing out of it but the love of the game. Yep. And so, like, the other day I played in the rain to 100 by myself, and I'm going hard. If I miss a shot, whatever shot I shot is worse. So if I miss a three-pointer, the opposition gets three. First to 100 wins. We get a quarter at 25, that's a break. But I'm going hard. It's conditioning, it's going, and I zone out, and I go back to that place where I just dreamed about this. Like, I, I really don't believe I'm talking to y'all right now. <laughs> Same thing when I, was, when I was talking to Shaq. No, real talk. When I was talking to Shaq or I saw Nick Van Axel, mm-hmm. I dreamed about like seeing y'all and talking to y'all, playing against y'all. Like I dreamed this. I, I, man, I'm literally living a dream and I've always been connected to that. I've never once lost that feeling. Wow. Never. Like I, I've never been jaded like, oh yeah, I made it to the league. And then, no, nah, man, I'm a kid that's just living a dream. Yeah. Like literally living a dream. So I, I'm so thankful for that because I can tell all the kids out there what it's like because I was the same kid dreaming about it. Man, you know what I mean? So that that passion has always been there for me. It's never left. But my dad always says, like, when he saw me play, eight, nine, ten years old, that passion. Mm. That passion just has always been there. It's been from within. And it's funny, like, my best friend now, we became best friends because he loved the game like I did. And, you know, when you have people who have the same dream as you, y'all start gravitating toward each, more, each other more. Yep. First, we're we going to go to the gym. We're going to go hang with this crew. We're going to go with the girls. We're going to go to the movies. Then they'd be like, I'm being in the gym. I'm going to do this. No, I'm being in the gym. And before you know it, it's just you and this one person in the gym. So y'all just jam and lock up. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how it goes. Man. So you get back to Seattle, and you, you got to start high school. What, how, how you choose a high school? So before I chose a high school, like I said, when I came back, I was on my mixtape circuit. Okay. Word was going around town. I was back. Like, oh, man, mall is back. Y'all, 
He's 6'4 now. I don't even look real. Like, because I remember I left, I'm 5'8. Yeah. I'm 13. I can still dribble all that, but I'm 5'8. I come back at 6'4 with the same ball handling. They're like, hold up, what? Gee. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, and you know the era we come from, I'm coming with that and one stuff. Like, people see me play yeah. now, man, I got tapes. I'm going to put them out at some point. I got tapes. I was way more flashy. I'm rolling on the ground, throwing over my neck, shooting threes, running back before I go in. Like, I was acting a fool. But <laughs> not real talk. I'm acting a fool. Hey, hey, I got one play. I'm a- Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm going to put it out soon. I got one play where I got the ball at the end line. I turn around. It's a big game, rivalry game. And the man's picking me up full court. While he's guarding me, my back is to him. I'm dribbling up court backwards with him right there still <laughs> the whole way. I'm going backwards now. Look, I'm going backwards from the end line all right a, a few feet in front of half court. I finally I, – my back's to him the whole time. I finally cross half court, and I turn and look at him. I touch the ground. I throw the ball over my neck. I shoot and turn around before it go in. And the crowd lost. It's on tape. What? And the crowd lost it. This high school? I was, I was mean. Yeah, it's high school. It's high school. But I picked the high school because my childhood friends I had in seventh and eighth grade uh, were going to Rainier Beach High School. And that was my neighborhood high school. So I just went there with all them. So who, who on that Man, squad? That to be crazy. The, the best player uh, was Dave King. He runs my actual pro-am right now. It's my man. Uh, big softest hands I ever played with. We in high school, we felt like we were Kobe and Shaq. You really? know what I mean? So uh, we felt unstoppable. Yeah, and we ended up winning the state championship and everything the first year. Damn. But, um, yeah, go down state as you would say in, right, in the movie. Right. Like, yeah, we going down state. <laughs> yeah, 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 go down state. So we went down state and got it done. And um, yeah, but I, I chose Rainer Beach because I I had a familiarity with some of the same kids that was in eighth grade when I left before I came back seventh eighth grade. So when you say you on a mixtape circuit, what what where's yeah, that I'm at outside everything. in the playgrounds of Seattle? Every, like, give us the names of those parks. That's Green Lake Park. I'm at uh, Liberty Park, which is now called, called Crawford Court. Uh, I'm at South Shore on a Sunday, Sunday morning. I'm at SU on Sunday night. When I say mixtape circuit, you know how when an artist come out before they, they before they go big, they they own every song. They own the right. mixtape. They go in the clubs. They pass out. I take my CD. <laughs> I'm doing. A, I was everywhere. I was everywhere. Every park that was playing that people was at, I was there. Because I wanted to take over every park. I wanted the words. I was back. And, and I wanted to prove myself. And then that 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 word reached to the point where now you got Gary Payton and Sean Kemp coming to my high school games. Damn. And these are the biggest stars, not only in Seattle. Ken Griffey Jr. came to my high school game. This is the biggest <laughs> star, not in Seattle, but across the what? league. You know what I'm saying? Like, it took on a life of its own. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying, like, I was blown away. Right. Three years ago, I'm in L.A., at, at, yeah, so that was 16. Two years ago, I'm in L.A. at 14 years old watching the Sonics play uh, the Lakers, and I'm just a, a kid in the crowd who snuck in, and Gary Payton put on a show killing. I didn't know two years later he would know my name, and he's like, man, I'm going to come watch you play high school like this. That's yeah, just a dream. Absolutely. You can't dream that up. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I was just a kid in the crowd. I'm in the forum just watching the game. You know, me and my boys sneaking in. Damn. But, man, your, your, your game is so cold, smooth, silky. Everything. Look who's talking. But, but yeah, thank but, you. Oh, but this is real. So so then who inspired you? Because I'm just like, man, you was doing it before a lot of cats. Like, and I told you this before. I said, Jamal, I know they're talking about the Kyries and all these guys, but man, yeah. you was doing that thing way before. Way before. <laughs> before that. Yeah, um, you know what's crazy is in Kyrie, right? And Kyrie's a close, close friend of mine. And he actually he has family up in Washington. So my pro-am that we had in 2005, Kyrie was the kid dribbling the ball during timeouts during pro-am. So he'd been around forever, right? And so he was 10, 11 years old at the time, yeah. But um, I watched y'all. I watched everything NBA I could get my Mm. hands on, too. Like, so I watched Baron Davis. Baron Davis was only a couple years older than me, but he had me mesmerized watching him every day. Uh, I don't know if y'all know Kenny Bruner. Mm-hmm. You know, he was out yep. in L.A. Point guard. Yep. Like, these dudes blowing up. Yep. So, these dudes, I'm watching all them. Like, I watched the league people, but I wanted people that I well, like. I could reach out and touch. The NBA was mm-hmm. so far-fetched. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So I'm watching, uh, like I said, I, y'all stuff, that, that tape was crazy. I remember watching Skip to My Lou when the N one came out. I was walking around mm-hmm. with that tape. But um, <laughs> on, the, on the league level, it was Michael, Magic, Zeke, uh, Iverson, Kobe, Penny, T-Mac, KG, uh, Grant Hill, Mahmoud. I stole from all – shout out Mahmoud. Mm. I do to I stole yes. one of my – he's like king to me. But, like, I stole from everybody. Yeah. I literally stole from – man, I stole so much off the court as well. I'm going to tell you, I was in L.A., and I'm watching – I snuck in. My boy worked at the uh, at the Forum where the Lakers played. And he mm-hmm. would never give us a ticket, but he'd get us in the building. He's like, hey, you can go sit down. If the person come with their ticket, you got to get up and find another open. He's one of them dudes. Cool people. Mm-hmm. So he let me in early. Uh, Denver was playing. I'll never forget Michael Adams was shooting pregame. He had a little funny shot, but he's making threes, right? Yeah. And so this is way before the game, three hours before the game. And over the loudspeaker, it was playing Mary J. Blige, Be Happy. Mm-hmm. So I go home afterwards like, oh, okay, that's what the pros is playing. I'm going to play that because that's what the pros is doing. It must be helping them. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't even play the music I thought they was playing, you know, <laughs> just to put me in that, in that mold. Like, man, bro, y'all don't understand. I, I collected cards, too. So I could tell you about every player and everything. Wow. This wow. is my life. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I stole from everybody, man. And then my imagination, because like I said, I spent so much time by myself that I would make up moves. Like I would make up moves on the fly. Like, okay, if a person does this, you do that. So I'll be making up moves, playing what I want myself. Like Nutso, right? Yeah. I'll be playing moves by myself. Yeah. So in real talk, real, real talk, my 10 best moves I ever have, I've never shown them because I was waiting to make an all-star game. I was going to release them. But I like I got moves in my head and stuff and everything like I've had since I was a kid and just developed and developed. When I first saw you, like even at even at Michigan, like that's yeah. I, I was like, damn, like he's like this dude is just so confident. Like he he must yeah. be practicing this shit because ain't nobody yeah, just gonna do what he right, did right. in a fucking game. Like that I shit would be gets you pulled out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Man, coach would be like. You just tried that shit? Is Go get him right now. Get his ass out the game. So, so we're going we gonna to blame my high school coach for that because he was like, he told me, he said, Mom, if you play hard on defense and you playing to win, I'll let you do whatever you want off. And I'm like, anything? Say anything. He's still the coach this day. Winning his coach, sent the most guys to the league, everything. What? He was like, if you do that, I'll let you do it. I'm like, all right. So for me, I just had no fear. I've done it a million times. Like the play I did to Blake, where I threw it through my legs and threw it loud to him. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had that shit in my head since I was eight years old. I just didn't have a person to do it with to dunk it. Like, wow. I've, I've, I've done this. I've had this shit in my head, man. I was like, like, I told that story. You guys got me on a roll now. That story, Blake. <laughs> uh, come on. Come on. When I give went it to the to Clippers, us. when I went to the Clippers, you know, you get together with your team in September. Season kickoff, October training camp. Mm-hmm. I said, Blake, we was on the court. I said, Blake, you think if I did this and threw it up, you think you can get it? And he kind of looked. He's like, yeah, I can get it. Boom. That's the, that was the conversation. Fast forward to March. Six months later, we had never practiced the play. I get a steal. I said, it was him. I said, this is it. This is the moment. So I did it. And when I, I said, I know I'm going to do my part. Blake, just catch it. I thought I said, just catch it. But please. Man, he caught it, windmilled it. And he came back. That's why if you look at the whole play, he come back grabbing his chest. Like, I don't believe you did that. I'm like, no, I don't believe you did that. I don't believe you did that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, I don't believe you did that. What? Right? So, yeah, man, like that that stuff, I've been practicing a million times. So I could do it on command. Like, I could do that shit on command. Right now, if you throw me a ball, I could do any one of them. Like, because I've, I've practiced it a million times. It's just stuck in my head. For all you young cats out there, my man ain't had no trainer or nothing. He believed no the cones, shit. No, no cones, trainer. no trainers. Believe he believed the shit so much in his head that the boy tried stuff in games and he wasn't scared because he was confident in it because he'd done it so many times and over and over again. He got consistent with it, young people. Take note, take note. So consistent. Like, it was like, I can do that shit on command at any time. Like anytime, because I've done it a million times. Like I've I've been out there by myself a million times doing it. I could do it with my eyes. I could do all them same moves with my eyes closed. Cause I've done it so many times, it don't matter. Like I got it. I got it. More is always better. That's why my bookie instantly doubles all first-time deposits with double the funds. You can double your action and more importantly, double your wins. Getting in on all the action has never been easier. Just use promo code HOOPDREAMS, all caps, to get started. 
The best part is you can bet with all your favorite currencies, including crypto. And with all that extra scratch, why not get in on the biggest matchups of the week at my bookie? We got two big games this week. The Bulls, let me say that again, the Chicago Bulls and Warriors go head-to-head on Friday. Levine, DeRozan, and Curry are putting up some numbers so far, so I'm thinking you might want to go with the over. On Saturday, the Jazz Heat battle again. Look out for another high-scoring matchup. And don't wait. Head to my bookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning right away. To get yourself started, again, use promo code HOOPDREAMS to receive double your first deposit instantly. That's promo code HOOPDREAMS, all caps, all one word, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. And remember, at my bookie, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Where do you get that confidence from? Especially for some of our, our younger viewers and even, even high school coaches. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, college players yeah. and high school players. Like, my son <laughs> called me today. And he was like, you know, Dad, I ain't get that much run in practice. And I was like, well, you know, son, one day you might not get a lot of run. And the next day you're going to be asking for, you know, a sub. <laughs> I'm like, it, go- <laughs> it goes yeah. like that. But... How, 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 how did you keep that motivation level that high, that confidence that high? How did you keep the doubt away? And you know what? It crept, it crept in for sure. Not from a basketball standpoint. It was like, because Baron Davis, I've never told this story, but I told this story to somebody yesterday offline. Baron Davis, when I was 16, right before I came up here, I felt my game going to another level, but I played against him at the Pump Classic in L.A. I don't even know if y'all remember that. The Pump Classic, the Pump Twins out there. Yeah. And so he picked me up full court and he ripped me two times in a row. And I was like, man, somebody come get this ball. Like it felt embarrassed. It felt like I was out there by myself. <sighs> and so I, I worked and I had worked on my game. But like you said, it's that confidence. It's owning it. Like, man, I don't yes. know what you do. You can't take this ball from me. And so that was the best teaching moment for me. I said, I never want to feel like that again. I know Ooh. I can dribble. I work on it too much not to. But you got to believe it. In your yep. heart, in your mind, you got to believe it. You got to believe it. And I believed it. I said, I'm an owner. I said, I'm never having that feeling again. And once I turned it on, I never turned it off. I never turned it off. Once it clicks, that's it. The world, the whole world's open now because I ain't never looking back. I don't care if you come with the, 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 the pressure of anybody. It ain't going to stop me from doing what I do. Matter of yeah. fact, the more pressure, matter of fact, the more you try to pressure me, the more I'm about to embarrass you. You ain't coming with me with that. We ain't doing that. Dude. We ain't doing that. Dude. We ain't doing the clip, that. The <laughs> clip, the clip of you when, when I think you was with New York, the one you did on Kirk Heinrich ass when you when you was coming down in, on the right side in the side, and you and, and you and you you once you dribbled the last time, you picked that motherfucker up and threw and and caught it behind your back. He he swiped like this, like what the fuck? I just know the ball was right here. The ball was behind your back. You laying that motherfucker up over here, like. Huh. Huh. Let me I'm let like, me tell you the craziest part about that. <laughs> let me tell you the craziest part about that move. So I played with Kirk in Chicago my last year, mm-hmm. and so you know he got some familiarity with my game. So I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking all this as I'm bringing the ball down. I'm like, okay, I can't do the dough behind the back. I can't because he he kind of seen that move coming. So I'm going, I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I go behind the back like I was about to do it, and I went over his head. Yeah. He swiped for air. And yep. he looked. He <laughs> the coldest part is I had never done that move in my life. What? And that's why you've never seen it since, because I had never done it or practiced it. Like, so I just made that one on the spot. Like, boom, and it just went. And we both, I was like, oh, just make it now. And Joe Smith tried to come block it. It was too late. But yep. he didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I was going to do. So that's why it was so cold. That's why it worked out Damn. the way. That's, that might be one of my, that's, that's, that's definitely one of my favorites. Because I ain't never done that one before. When you ain't never done it, like on some shit like that in a game, that got to be like at least top two. Yeah, Easy. it got to be. Because you, be. you ain't never done it. And it's like your instincts just take over. But right. it goes back to what you said. I had done so much other shit that my instincts just took over to what to do. Like I had never done it. And that's why if you go back, you ain't never seen it again. Cause I ain't, I ain't never practiced that. Like it just, it just happened. <laughs> right. It just, it just happened. happened. It happened. Yeah. It just Man, happened. I remember when uh, I was back in the neighborhood and Cash used to come up and say to me, 
Will, man, why was we so afraid to play you? And I should tell him, well, 50% of it was what I've already done and the other 50% of what I might do. I mean, you just... So hey, you're exactly right. And what's crazy is it got to a point, you know how it is in the league, it got to a point where they weren't even worried about guard me no more. It's not like can I stop him no more. Now it's to the point I don't even want to be embarrassed. Like I come in the game, you know I'm six man, I'm coming to the game, say what's up. They be like, man, come on, man. I got people in the crowd. Don't be on that tonight. So I've already got in your mind now. You ain't worried about stopping me. You more don't want to worry about getting embarrassed. You worry about getting so I already got you. You ain't you gonna give me the bucket. You ain't worried about that. You worry about not being on YouTube. This when you this is when uh, YouTube and, and social media kicked off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14. Yeah. They was like, come on, dog. Like, don't don't be on that tonight. I'm like, no, nah, you good. Just to give him a power, whatever. Just to mess with it. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So man, you you in high school. Give give us give us what them high school games was like. I mean, I know the crowd had to be going crazy. What was high school ball like for it you? It was, I'm going to put it this way, and I'm not, I promise the guy I'm not saying this to brag. It was, and the Sonics were here. So you had Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Detlef. You had University of Washington. Um, you know, you had every sports, big sports team you had. Yeah. I was, I was, I was easily the top five most popular basketball player wow. in the whole city. Be, wow. Including the Sonics. Yeah, it was to the point where, I'm gonna send y'all something where Gary Payton's talking about it. He was like, we kept hearing about this kid. We said, we gotta just go. So on their off time, pros just go, I'm gonna go watch this high school kid. This ain't no social media. What? This is all word of mouth and newspapers and you know, news. So it became one of the greatest shows on, in, the, in the whole city for any sport. It really did. And I'm not even saying to brag, it really, really, to the point where um, we just had Michael Porter Jr. in town. He played his last high school year here. Mm-hmm. And he, for his state tournament, it, it got to like 32,000 people came and watched over that, you know, span of days. We still own the record at 60,000. It was 50 that came to watch what? a state tournament. Yeah. We did our, we did our state tournament in the really? kingdom. Really? The kingdom, the kingdom right. was where the baseball team plays. That's why Griffin, yeah, like it was, y'all pictures, man. It was unbelievable. It's a record. It's still a record to this day. It's still, and now things have changed with social media, and you could, you know, you could stream stuff and all that. But it's still a record to this day, and it was just the greatest show on earth because you didn't know what I was going to do, you didn't know what my team was going to do, you just didn't know. And it was like we were all discovering it for the first time. You got to remember, we're looking back now; they were going through it in, in yeah. real time. So they're like, "Man, what's he going to do next? What's going?" You know what I mean? So yeah, they was going in real time. So it was a, it was that the greatest show. Cool. You had everybody coming; all the stars in the city were coming. Here I am, a 16, 17-year-old kid, already one of the most popular people in all the, of the city, you know? And, and it's like, you know, you just you just embrace it, and it just became a show. And for me, it kept me sharp because I didn't want to let all the people down that was coming. You know what I mean? I was always on edge. I was always mm. like, no, nah, it's a show. That was showtime. It was a stage. It was a stage to perform. And I, didn't, I hadn't played high, even high school basketball up until that point. So my first year playing high school basketball, I went city player of the year, state player of the year, and state championship. <laughs> And so I'm going through all this for the first time. Like, you know what I mean? So I had all this bench, like built up. Remember I told you about the mixtape circuit? It's like, yeah, now I get, yeah. I get to show you all the album. This is what I've been working on since I was, this is, this is, this is 16 years in the making. Like, let's do this. Let's go. I'm not going to let you I'm going to get y'all 16 oh, tracks, man, baby. This is going to be the hottest. Six- hey, and before, and before I played the actual high school season game, I played in the pro-am. Which is now my prime was Doug Christie's prime. He passed it to me. I'm playing against Damon Stoudemire, um, Jerome Kersey, rest in peace, Yinka Dari, rest in peace, Cliff Robinson, rest in peace, Doug Christie rest was on my peace, team. Yeah. yeah, Sean Kemp was in it. I'm playing against these dudes. I'm averaging almost 30 at 16. This is before I played high school. So the buzz was already, you know, like crazy. Oh. And then when high school came, it was like, oh, it's over with. Yeah. Did, so did you play against Nate Robinson in high school? We played together. So my last year, he came and was a freshman. We played together. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Nate, you know, Nate Nate was just as crazy and everything then. Nate's, Nate's so cold athletically, he was basketball player of the year, football state player of the year, and, and owned the hurdles record in track what? when I left. He did all that stuff. Yeah, Nate was cold, man. Yeah. He 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 has the mindset. Oh, the heart of a This is how I look at him. Oh my god! He has a mindset that he could do anything. Literally, 
Like that's why, like literally. That, like that's why he went box. I he feel like he can do anything. Like anything. Yes, dog. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But man, speaking of speaking of that area, though, man, throw throw some of them names out at us, man. That that because oh a lot of folks don't really give the Pacific Northwest Seattle all that credit. That credit. Yeah. Seattle, yeah. give yeah. us some of them names. Man. Yeah. Oh man, who you want? I got Brandon Roy, Oof. Isaiah Isaiah Thomas, oh, Isaiah shit. Thomas. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. Zach Levine, Jason Terry, Doug Christie, Aaron Brooks, Rodney Stuckey, Spencer Hawes, Martell Webster, what? Marvin Williams, Mike Dickerson, Avery Bradley. Goodness. Oh my God, we got um man, Will Conroy, Tony Roden, Jalen Noel, Dejounte Murray, Kevin Porter Jr. He's in in Houston right now. In Houston right now. We got Terrence Williams. We got uh oh uh, my God, Nate Robinson. We got. Oh man, how many we got Luke Rittenauer some up this way? You got you got so many, man. Like it's I'm trying to think of all of them, but it's so many of them. There's at least 30 to 35 just in the last 15, 20 years that's come through here. That is insane. Now, do all them guys come back and play yeah, play that, in your program? That's what makes it special. Cause I ain't gonna lie, oh. when I was in Shy, I would see, I would see them, I would see players at the gym. Like I would see Nook, I would see Tim Hardaway, I see Twan. But then I, it seemed like they all kind of went their separate ways. Not not in a bad way. They just was doing their own thing. Right. For us, mm-hmm. I said when I when I get back, I'm gonna make sure everybody stays connected. And so I wanted the next generation. Mm. There, there's an eighth grader right now who could text me or text Zach Levine or text Dejounte Murray or text Jason Terry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, Jason Terry, I yep. don't want to forget. But yeah, James Edwards. We had so many. But yeah, I like I want the culture to be strong. So if 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 Aaron Brooks is doing a bowling event, he knows he got ten of us coming. If I'm doing a pro-am, mm-hmm. I know everybody's playing. If Isaiah got a, a tournament, everybody's going to show show love. And that's what I think makes this community special. It ain't the crabs in the bucket mentality. It's like, nah, each one, right. teach one and reach back and get one. And that's how we do it. Yeah. I love that, man. Yeah. That it's is just, beautiful, it's, man. It's his, own, it's his own ecosystem now, man. Like, everybody just look out for each other. Like, like, yeah. like Nate Robinson taught my youngest son how to tie his shoe. What? You know what I mean? Like, so it's like everybody wow. look out for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention the fact you get dope, some great man. basketball, too. <laughs> Man, come on. And we're doing it for free. Like, and, and the program is yeah, free. What? Dude, I be here. Hey, I be seeing you. We be, yeah, y'all better strongly, strongly arrive. Early arrival I, I, is strongly I recommended. Get, I hope y'all get here early because you don't know who you're going to see. And they've seen, you mean, they, they've seen KD. They've seen Kyrie. They've seen Kobe, mm-hmm. right? They Kobe came through. They've seen uh, Chris Paul, John Wall, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul yeah. George, you know, Blake Griffin. We've had so many. And you don't never know who you're going to see, but it's free. So you got to be there. First come, first serve. Hey, hey, I got to ask you this because I know you was connected to him. What went down with the Jay-Z and Fat Joe game? Oh, man. <laughs> come on. So look, Give, I, I need, we, me and Will need the exclusive reel. This the realest. So what happened was Jay called me, called me unidentified number. I usually only answer that by answer. He's like, yo. I need you to come to the record and play on my team. I said, all right, I'm coming. He said, but we can't lose. I said, can I bring my man, Eddie Curry? That's my big man. That's my guy. Can he, can he come up? I said, yeah, I'll come, he can come too. Damn. Boom. All right, so me and Eddie go once. Man, it was so addictive out there, man. I said, the NBA don't feel like this when I'm playing. Like, this is, the fans is right on you. They going to keep it. Just like when you go to IIT or, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm yep. like, oh, this, mm-hmm. is, this is it. This is it. So I said, all right. I'm coming back next week. I'm coming back the week after. We keep coming. We never lose. We make it to the championship. So Jay, Jay and Fat Joe, obviously, you know, they rappers. They got their own history. Mm-hmm. But Jay bring a wild of money. Like, he's like, look. And this when him knew and that Beyonce. We knew that was going to happen. Come on. This when him and Beyonce just start kind of getting serious. So she's there. They're like, look. He like, the game is today, August, let's say, 4th. August 4th. I'm leaving August 5th. We're going on vacation. So either way, win or lose, we out. Mm. It's me, our, our team. No, I'm going to do their team. It's uh, Stephon Marbury, Skip Tamalu. They was loaded. Zach Ooh. Randolph, Zach Randolph, <laughs> Mello, Amari Stoudemire, Yao Ming was coming. Cool. <laughs> now you got, on the other side, you got Sebastian Telfair. This is young Sebastian, high school. Yeah. You got myself. You got T-Mac, you got LeBron, you got Shaq coming in. They had AI too, I believe. They had AI and, and Mike Bibby. And, and we had our team. So Jay tells me, this is like, um, 
maybe 10 or 11 in the morning. He rides by. He said, man, there's already almost 10,000 people out there. The game's not till 6 at night. There's already 10,000 people. Now, y'all know. Y'all know how the city works. Could you imagine even Chicago shutting down for a whole day where nothing's on? Like, nothing? <laughs> right. So we like, we're in New York. New York's even crazier because it's bigger. It's, it's the city that don't sleep. So we like, at some point, at some point, these lights going to come back on. So, all right, boom. 10 in the morning. Now it's like 3 in the afternoon, 4 in the afternoon. We all meet at 40-40 outside. Me, Brown, everybody. So we like, you know what? We're just going to wait it out. They're like, the light's going off. Something ain't, something ain't right. We're like, all right, it'll be a few minutes to be back on. Them lights never came back on all night. What? My August 5th, Jay was leaving. Remember, I told you he was leaving. Right. So like, we're scheduled for tomorrow. He's like, man, I'm out. This is it. I'm gone. That game was never supposed to happen. Wow. It just wasn't. It was too, wow. it was too many, it was too many people that were coming. It was too many people out there. It would have been 20,000 people outside hanging on chains and, and it would have been chaos. Like, that game could not have happened. It was just too much. The NYPD couldn't have been like, yo, we nah, got nah, we, nah. we got, we got to go uptown. We got to, none of that. You couldn't stop that. You couldn't stop that. And even if they could have moved it to, let's say, a gym at that point, it takes uh -huh. away the field. Like, you, yeah. this is blacktop. This is yes. playground. This is what we do. Like, it takes away that field. And so, yeah, nah, it, it couldn't have happened. That would have happened, man. That would have been one of the greatest games in history. Man, come on, man. That would have been the, I, I promise y'all, that would have been the biggest playground game that's ever, ever ha happened. I mean, like, even bigger than the Dr. J games back in the day when everybody's on the chain. Like, it was just too many elements that was going to it. Hey, Will. Too many. Hey, Will, I know if that game was a Cabrini Green, all the uh, all the GDs would have made sure them uh, damn listen, lights stayed listen, on. Listen, listen. <laughs> if that was in the Greens, first of all, if the lights went out, they would have had everybody who had a car. <laughs> Car, <laughs> hey, we thought about that too. That's how I knew he was going to say that. We was like, all right, get the bus to see if it can generate enough light so we can see everything right. going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It man. Could happen. you imagine he was that leaving game would have Could you imagine, like, LeBron and Melo going at a Shaq and Yow or me and AI trading Ooh, buckets going yes. back and forth, like, on a playground. Ooh. This ain't with no, like, structured NBA coaching. We getting to it. Yes. Like, we're going to get to it. Yeah. Could you imagine Ooh, that? Yes. Ooh, you throwing lobs yes. to T-Mac. Oh, my God. And, and Eddie Curry and Shaq and LeBron. Like, come on, man. Ooh. Yeah, that game that game oh couldn't have goodness. happened. And it's so crazy that all you guys was in the NY at that time. Like, what nobody flying. You know, time. everybody was there. No, we was there. We was there. Everybody was there. Because we wow. knew. Because Jay had said, he was like, look, if I make it to the championship game, it's going to be problems. I'm telling you. Because, you Ooh. know, y'all know it. Now, like, looking at Jay now, he ain't going to finish second in nothing. Like, he going to – so you know he was going to bring the heat. Like, he yep. wasn't coming with no, no – it wasn't a chance of him losing. Right, right. Oh, I, I overdo it. I overdo it to make sure we win. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't going to lose. Man, that's, that's insane. Dude. So, man, listen, you, you, you um, win the state championships – when that recruiting process, yeah, let's get the mission. When that recruiting process yeah, start, start happening for you? Yeah, so I, I I win the state championship, and I'm coming back to high school for another year. Now everybody knows me. I ain't no secret no more. Mm -hmm. And so I go on a summer circuit, AAU, and I blow up, like blow up. I'm killing the game. I'm doing all the same stuff, but now the Coach K's and all these people are seeing it around the country who had never saw me, right? Well, what's the name of your AAU team? Uh, it was Rotary slash Friends of Hoop. Same two powerhouses that are up here now. And they was together at that time okay. for that tournament. And I played for both of them. And this is the crazy part. I wasn't even on the A team. You know, now mm -hmm. there's two teams. They're like, all right, he's on the A team and B team. Right. On the A team, I've always had a, a, a big picture of thinking. So for the A team, I was like, I know I'm the quote unquote best player, but there's other guys on here that kind of want to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go to the B team with the dudes that feel like, you know what, they'd be happy just to play with me. I'm gonna get, they're going to screen. and do, I'm going to go play with them so I can really show my stuff off. And so I was like, almost like when I'm going six man, I could have started for a lot of teams. I'm going to go six man and get yeah. out of the way. It's my own lane. Mm -hmm. Right. And I did the same thing. And, you know, my mom's like, do what you, you know, whatever you want to do. And, and I went, I took off and I took off. I mean, like, uh, it was a, it was a show. Dang. It was a show. For sure. Absolutely. In the summer circuit. I only played, I played in Vegas big time and I played in LA and that was it. And that was summers. it. I, I played night camp. That was it. I went to Nike camp and, and that, was, that it. was it. Yeah. So who knocked, yeah. who knocking on your door? Oh man. I got, at that point I had Michigan, Georgetown, uh, you know, I think North Carolina 
they didn't really recruit me, but they start having interest. You know, it kind of took off. Mm-hmm. Tarkanian, my guy Tark, uh, at Fresno State, you know, he had skipping those guys, Chris Heron, those guys rocking. So I like that. It was close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much could win anyway. UCLA, but my final choice was Michigan. I'm like, man, the Fab, the Fab just did it for me. <laughs> when the Fab fought, oh, yeah? that was it. I was like, oh, they had me. It was over with. When they, when, they, when I saw people from my hood all go in the inner city, fresh out of high school to the national championship with their own way, the swagger, right. the, the black socks and bald heads and, and, the, and, the, and the baggy shorts. He said it. They had me at that point. And, 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 and then they hand me Jalen Rose's locker. I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's over. over. Yeah, it's I'm over. coming here. Yeah, it's over. I'll be here. It's, it's over. Ain't no question. Ain't no so, question. So it's what, over. What, what were your top five, though? What were your top five schools? Did you take your visits? No, I took one visit to Michigan. I committed early. Everybody was shocked. Damn. It was like, what? I committed early. I'm like, man, I ain't messing with it. Yeah. Like, I know this is where it say come through. And because I always had dreamed about going to Michigan. I read the Fab Five book in one day, by the way, by Mitch wow. Allman. I told you I'm a history book. Yeah. Like, y'all story. Yeah. Like, I, that's, that's what I am. Yeah. So I read it in one day. I, I, I was like, it's Michigan. It's, it's over. I already knew. Uh, oh, you're the trainer. You're the trainer. I know I read about in the book. And, yeah. you know, I'm meeting people. That I'm like, oh, man, it's over with. Damn. So. Once I had the opportunity to play right away, like you gonna you gonna start like at Michigan as a friend. I'm like I'm gone. Ain't no ain't nothing to talk about. I'm going. That was it. I committed early. Committed right when I got back home. Who was that head coach when you got there? Brian Ellerby. But I was really I was really close with Curtis Townsend, who was at Cal with Jay Kidd, and he went. He's at Kansas right now with with Coach. Okay, he's been at Kansas for like 15 years. But uh, yeah, so Michigan, UCLA, Fresno State, Washington. That was really it. That was before I really got How down to the sports. Northwest mm. handle that. You know what's crazy? When I played Duke at Michigan, I got off. I, I went crazy at 27 and 6. National game, CBS. Coach K came to me after the game and said, Man, we had nobody to guard you. He's like, You had so many moves. Start doing his head. We had so many moves. He said, How did they let you get out of the Northwest? Mm. And what happened was, and everybody know I love Seattle to death. What happened was, I was a secret to only people in Seattle. And everybody knows how much I love Seattle. So they was like, Man, He's getting new attention. Now the rest of the country knows about We ain't going to have a shot. He'll come back home. No, they were looking opposite. He's getting all this new attention. He's going to come back home at the end of the day. Like, he going to come home. This is all new attention. He going to come home. And so they, they didn't stop recruiting me, but they kind of did. I'm like, well. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Y'all playing. All right. I'm gone. And I left. Mm. That was it. Those, those packs. They was disgusting. I mean, Oregon. Oregon State. The only other one that was serious with was UCLA. Mm. And, what, and, and, and at the time, remember I told you about Barron, full circle moment, Barron and Earl Watson were the backcourt. Yep. And so I'm asking Barron, now, we, you know, that's my boy, I'm at, I'm like, are you leaving? If he would have said he was leaving, they probably, I would have probably went to UCLA. Mm. But he was like, I don't know. And I'm like, uh. I'm like, well, I ain't going to wait, man. I'm going to just go. Mm-hmm. My boy BD was telling me, you know, like he didn't know. Right. So I'm like, damn, he ended up leaving too, by the way. So it would have been me and Earl Watson. But it worked out how it was supposed to. Yeah, it did. Wow. Yeah. I remember I remember Isaiah coming to a game in Michigan. Really? I'm like, man, this is the great <laughs> Zeke right here. Yeah. What? He, he the reason we, he the reason we both wear number eleven. Ain't he dog. Like, the great <laughs> Zeke right here, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I met him in Michigan, man. They and they told me that on my recruitment, he's like, man, Isaiah be up here playing with the guys. I'm like, what? Man, you lying. They're like, man, in the summer, he'd be up here playing with the guys. Now, when you got to Michigan, who who was there? Yeah. So, Josh Ashland was returning. Lou Bullock was leaving. So, I was going to step right in for Lou Bullock and Robbie Mm. Reed because they was the seniors who played. You know, so me and the freshmen coming in, we weren't the Fab Five, but they were trying to make it like that because it was five freshmen that were good. But Lavelle Blanchard was the star of the class. Like, he was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. So, he pushed our class like top two, top three, top four in the country. Mm. And so he was the one that really, like, you know, pushed our class and everything. And yeah, he was, he was, he was big time. And he, it was him, Kevin Gaines, Lavelle Blanchard, uh, Gavin Grinder, and Leland, Leland Anderson were our five freshmen to go along with the returning guys that was there. Was Traylor on that team, Robert? He was gone. He was gone. He was gone. Mo Taylor was gone. Gerard mm-hmm. uh, Ward was gone. They were, yeah. they had all, they was like two or three years, uh, they was all two or three years before us. Wow. Yeah, so we okay. went 90, we was there in 99. They was there, I think, 96, maybe? 96, 97, I think, was their last year there. Now, you going in as a freshman, averaging 16, 8, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And and you playing in the Big Ten. Give us some of them 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 them, them top games that you played in in the Big Ten, man. So my man from Detroit, OG, he lived in Seattle. He said he gave me the whole layout. He said, look, first game, this is where you get to show the people on campus you serious. I said, all right. So boom. I think I had 27 my first game. He said, all right, now you're about to play Detroit. Remember, they had Rashad Phillips. Mm-hmm. He's like, Rashad now you're about to play Detroit. Guard. Yeah, he said, now you're about to play Detroit. He said, now you're going to show the people of Detroit, because Ann Arbor's separate from Detroit. You know, it's further out. He's like, right. now you're going to show the people of the city of Detroit, you serious. Boom. Hit the game winner that game. So now I got mm. the camp. I got campus locked up. I got the city locked up. So now, he said, all right, now you're about to play the, uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. You're about to play Georgia Tech. And Georgia mm. Tech has, uh, they had, um, it was on cable, it was on ESPN. Boom, we win that game. I had 14 points, four assists, four blocks, four steals, big dunk, played well. He said, all right, now this is it. He's like, now you're about to play Duke on CBS with the whole country watching. This is where you get your name out there, 27 to six. So every game, he told me, I checked it off. Like, all right, boom. And we won every single one of them except that Duke game. But yeah, but I put on a show. And it's crazy now, because, you know, it wasn't social media, so people... Like, man, I remember you at Michigan. Yeah, I remember that Duke game. Like, that's the game they always reference to. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Hey, hey, I got to ask you something about Duke, though, playing at Duke, because I, I've never had the opportunity to play at nah, Duke. I never. Didn't, I didn't either. I played at Michigan. But it was, yeah, I didn't oh, you did? Oh, okay. No, I was at Michigan. But no, nah, that, 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 that court be jumping, though. It be, yeah, it's camera crazy real. I, want, I, I wanted to ask uh, William's son, uh, which one played at Duke, uh, Will? We both did, me and Will Jr., Will Jr. Yeah. Right, wow. right, right, wow. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. That 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 was that when he was when uh UNC uh the, the Greensboro the, the Greenville team. No, I, well, he was at he was at Furman. He was at Furman University at that time. He was at Furman. He was at Furman. Yeah. Right. That's the game I, I, I saw on TV. Man, I was like, man, how is it playing in Duke, man? With all the motherfuckers just jumping. It, it, I mean, it feel like jumping. it's gonna fall down. Ooh. All the, <laughs> it, it, that's what it looked like too. Dude, they say like people. Dude, they say people sleep outside for their games, yo. Intense. Yeah, on oh, the it's, campus. it's real. That's man. That's a whole religion. Absolutely. Like that's a that's a religion. Absolutely. That ain't Damn. just no school. That's a religion. That's why I was excited. Like if I went back to school, you know, the next year because it was we alternate. So we went. They came to us the first year. It's gonna go back there. I was. Yeah. I wanted to play there. That's the one place you dream about playing there. Mm. So after you shocked mm-hmm. the Northwest, you go to Michigan. <laughs> you like yeah. What's 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 the mindset? Because when you make a decision like that, particularly when it's from your hometown, when you make a decision like that, you got to be, you know, fully focused, straight path. Yeah. Was your mind, particularly your freshman year, was it was it thinking the league, or was your mindset going in? Let me win this national championship. So my mindset going in was like. I want to win. I want to get Michigan basketball back on the map. Because they were mm-hmm. saying at the time, they were like, you could do your homework in here the year before. I'm like, what? Like, nah, we're going to have this thing rocking. And you know, <laughs> uh, all the people all the people around the team, the, the team managers and the, the PR staff, like, oh, that sounds good. You know, they don't, they don't know. Right, it right. Went so, it went so crazy. It went so crazy that we were, I played 17 games. We were 13 and four, I believe. And then I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. And well, I didn't really get in trouble. But they said NCAA said I got in trouble from high school stuff. Right. And so they was like, you got to sit out on that. That messed up my whole season. We we're about to play Michigan State. And you know what? This Ugh. is the first time Dick Vitale was going to call a game. It has so much hype. He's hyping me up for the game. And they pulled me out like, you can't play tonight. I'm like, what? Yeah. So what? Yeah, we was about to play Michigan State. Dick Vitale is, is calling the game. And they pulled me out. I'll never forget it. And so my mindset wasn't on leaving at that point. But the NCAA put me in a jam with like, mm-hmm. right. you did this, you did that. And they they come, they 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 did their research and say, oh, okay, you good. But damn, now I missed almost the whole season and I got to miss two more games. Right. Of the next season, if we don't call it, I say, man, I'm going to put my name in draft and see what happens. But Michigan was so crazy because, you know, it's a, it's a nationally known university. I had my own student section within the crowd at Michigan. <laughs> what? They was, all, they was all wearing headbands called the Crawford Crazies. I promise to God. It was a, I was the only what? player in the country who had his own student section in the stu, in the in the crowd at Michigan. So I said, I told you I was gonna get it rocking. Like it was the, it became the must see like the ticket. And I went to school in Michigan with Tom Brady, with Dave Terrell, with Larry Foote. You know what oh. I mean? With with A Train, Anthony Thomas. Yeah, we was all there. Damn. Yeah. 
The Crawford Crazies. The Crawford Crazies. And remember, not a lot of people was wearing a headband back then. Right. So right. it kind of separated my it kind of separated me. You know, it gave me some flavor. They was like, oh, we want headbands too. The, the headband thing, you 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 saw certain dudes in the NBA wearing, but that was pretty yeah. much a a a, a street ball, a playground type thing. The weather right. headband. Absolutely. Yeah. The only person that wore it consistently for real at that time was like Rasheed Wallace was wearing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that was that was really about it. Yeah. So talk a little bit yeah. about that that first year, man, because you, you did we can't even call it a full year. You did seventeen games, right? No, did I did a half, half a year, year right? Yeah, half <laughs> a year. And and this goes back to that question earlier again. How did you stay motivated during that time? Because you know, when you think about it, I mean, man, you rocking and you rolling. I'm just putting it out there, you killing. And man, they pull yeah. away the thing that you love. Because I used to always tell people, when I was playing, everything excelled for me. School excelled for me. Uh, yes. Everything is said. Everything. But when you took away that one piece from me, man, my grades suffered. Uh, relationships suffered. Yep. I mean, what what yep. what, yeah. what kept you the going? game was my refuge. For me, it was always that safe haven, mm -hmm. right? No matter what you're going through, all the stress you're going through for that hour, two, three hours you're on the court, you forget about it. Yep. No matter what you're going through, and so for me, that was it. Made me work on my game that much more. It made me lock mm. in that much more. It made me want it that much more. I'm like, I'm this close now. You know, when you were in high school, you're like, yeah, but you got to go to college and do it. And separate yourself. And it's like you got to start the cycle all over again. You got to prove yourself and then excel. And then, you know, so I'm like, damn, I'm this close. I've, I'm already, I leave my team in points, assists, steals, blocks, minutes. Like, I'm doing my thing at the biggest university. So I'm this close now. Mm -hmm. Now I got to lock in even more. And I was like, you know what? And I was coming back. I was coming back to school for my sophomore year. And they said, you got to come to summer school. I'm like, man, I just got home. They said, you gotta... I said, well, damn, if I put my name in the draft, I ain't going to have to go mm -hmm. home. I can <laughs> right. chill out here and work out and get. Wow. And that's how it went. Damn. If they would have said I didn't have to go to summer school, I'd never put my name in the draft. I would have went right back to Michigan wow. my sophomore year. Wow. But they said, you got. And I was like, damn, I've only been home a week and a half. You want me to start summer school now? I'm like, oh, no. I said, if I put my name in, they can't say I got to go to summer school. I'm preparing for the draft. Ain't like they ain't going to take right. me back. So what? Said, so right. what actually was the NC the NC2A problem with what happened in high school? What what did they say? Like, was it a so, grade point average, or I mean, you obviously no, had to do they, a, you obviously had to pass the ACT to even go right, in playing. Pass the SAT, and the thing was is a rule called amateurism, and I think they made it up with me to be honest with you. It's it's they said I was receiving extra benefits, and what happened was we had a family friend. He was in tech, and he basically was like, you need a tutor? Remember I told you my grades were shit. Right. You need a tutor? I get you a tutor. I ain't got no clothes. You give me some clothes? Cool. All good. It wasn't like I was getting bundles of money or none right. of that. But the thing, and the thing was, they, they tried to charge us that. I said, well, hold on. He's not an alumni university booster. He's not an agent. He's not none of that. He's not an AAU program. Like, what's the problem? And so that's when they did all their research and came back like, oh, you're right. He's good. But you still have missed these games. You got two more to miss because that was the initial ruling. But you got reinstated. I'm like, well, thanks, but no thanks. I'm cool. Like, I'm going to do this. Amateurism was the rule they said I broke. They said I was receiving extra See, benefits. First of all, yeah. the NCAA, man, missed out on – I mean, and we missed out on it too because we didn't get to see you in the Big Ten – no, I played two games, two, I think two or three games in the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan State, Mateen, Mateen we, Cleese. We would have made, made the tournament. Yeah, yeah, we would have made the tournament. And that year, we had four teams in the Elite Eight, and that's the year Michigan State mm -hmm. and the Flintstones won it. So we was dope. Like, it was good. That whole conference was Michael good. Michael Red over at Ohio State. And him and Scooney Penn, the red gun. Like, damn, yeah. man, we all yeah. NCAA assholes robbed us of that. Absolutely. Yeah, they did. And they trying to get it right right now, but they they too late. Like they they late. Man. They late. I'm glad so they know what they're doing. How did your family feel about how everything was going down? Your mom, your pops? My mom it bothered the most because she was like, here you are across the country and I feel helpless. You know what I mean? So she was like, she like, hey, just transfer to transfer to Washington. Just transfer. Cause my mom's not even thinking basketball wise. Right. She just want her baby yep. close to her. She didn't even care about like you got to sit off your chair. Like, come on home. Mm -hmm. you know, she, and like I said, my mom was never the one like, you got to go to the NBA. You got to do it. She was none right. of that. So she's like, just come home. Just come home. Yeah. And so when they, I was just trying to collect all this together. And when they said, you got to come back in a week, I'm like, hold up. No, I just got here. I'm not leaving in a week. Right. No. And that's how I went down. Summer school started that Monday. I was still at home. Yeah, I was still at home. <laughs> I was still at home. <laughs> I, was still at home. <laughs> I was still at home. That concludes part one. Part two will come into you soon. 
Stay up to date on new episodes. And if you missed any, they all can be found on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm the gold of my era. I've been a trending topic. I'm as fly as a feather. My pocket's macroscopic. See, with time, I get better. I'm always in the action, kid. Know I got it locked from Chicago where the toughest live. Concrete jungle, earn my stripes on the pavement there. You make it here, then you can make it anywhere. No comparison. Your game is embarrassing. No one can touch me. I'm all for going there again. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha AG. I'm box office, and one day they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha AG. I'm box office, and one day they gon' have to pay me. Hoop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production. Written and produced by Arthur Ag, Will Gates, Matt Hoffer, with audio engineering from Matt Savage. For more episodes, check us out at www.unlearningnetwork.com. Gotta be a dog to survive in this cold weather. Ice in my veins, no need for a warm sweater. I'm coming forward, all best believe I won't let up, yeah. Hey, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a seal fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a seal fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me.